Hello and welcome to Let Us Do A Down To Earth Girl with me, Naomi Gale. On today, we have the wonderful Kate. Kate is here to share all things life autumn. So we're talking about the menopause and the perimenopause and we're just sharing all the love that there is for this wonderful life season when we get to it. This program is especially for those who are in their 20s and 30s, 40s, thinking about oh my goodness, what is it like to get to the part of our lives where we hit our menopause and we are in a different phase. So Kate has wonderful, wonderful tips to share with us all. And I learned so much from Kate. I continue to learn so much from Kate on her Instagram. You can find me over on at thisisnaomigale or you can email me on yasqueen at thisisnaomigale.co.uk. My website is www.thisisnaomigale.co.uk. If you have a topic that you would like to discuss, please do get in touch. I can't thank you enough for listening and I hope you absolutely love this one. Much love. Hey Kate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. All right, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on our little show. So I wanted to ask you to introduce yourself personally, more about kind of where you are and that kind of thing. Hmm. Well, I'm in second spring, which means that I'm postmenopausal and I've never been happier. I think I've menopaused myself happy. That doesn't mean that it hasn't been a challenging experience. It's been really hard, but it just incredibly growthful. I've been a personal growth junkie all my life. So, you know, therapy and growth workshops and breathing and yoga and all this kind of stuff. But I think that the transition of menopause has been a sort of free spiritual growth workshop. It's been amazing. Mm. That sounds so magical, Kate. I love how you've described that. Can you tell us more about what you do in the world? Well, I'm a a menstrual and menopause mentor. I write and I'm a workshop facilitator. And I've been a therapist, amazingly, for for more than 25 years. Oh, wow. (laughs) A long time. Um, And that has ranged from body psychotherapy through uh, working with pregnancy and with fertility and belly massage and now with menopause doing uh, I trained at Red School with Alexandra Pope mm-hmm. uh, who wrote Wild Power with um, Shani Hugo Wurlitzer and yeah I, I see uh, people one-to-one or rather I do online one-to-one and workshops and online programs and I think that the main my main sort of focus is that gazillions of pounds are generated out of making us feel bad about ourselves and then telling us how to fix ourselves to make ourselves better. But we're not fixer-uppers, you know, we're not, we're not some sort of shoddy bungalow <laughs> that's, that's in need of pulling down and fixing, you know. It's just really disrespectful. And I feel that we're just kind of fine as we are. And even when we feel horrible, you know, we can heal and we can find our own way to live contentedly and creatively if we can find the right space. You know, we know what we need, really, but we just need the space to listen. And that's that's when things get a bit chewy. Mm. I love that. I love that um, about the bungalow and thinking about how 
<laughs> we're not like a derelict bungalow that keeps pulling down and starting again. But isn't, that, really... isn't that the truth when you see any kind of advertisement for beauty products or, you know, skin or weight or, you know, it's all about, well, you're not good enough. And this is what you need, at, you know, at a vast expense. But that's just, you know, that's just capitalism. That's just profit. I love that. It's, it's so true, Kate. Talking to you is going to be like a warm hug, I feel. It's all <laughs> like being embraced and a warm hug with cake yeah. um I love that I love how what I really like is how your work has kind of moved with you mm. through your journey in life so wherever you are um is kind of where you've delved into a little bit more and to help others so now you're in this phase of your life you're really focused on wanting to help those who are approaching it and I think that's just that's how I feel I am mm. in my life mm. and I've always worried that I well um someone has described me as like you know a bit of a flitter around or a you know kind of like oh that's a good idea and then you kind of launch onto that but actually <laughs> the way I see it is that it's just where I am in my life and my experience and how I kind of go with the flow of that and that's where that's where I want to go that's where I feel the calling to go to so hearing you um, and your experience of 25 years of kind of flowing through life like that, I think mm. is really magical. So I appreciate you sharing that. Mm. Well, I think I think that it, it makes you very engaged and very real with the process. You know, the further you are away, I, I stopped working with pregnancy because I was so far away, I couldn't really engage with mm. with that monumental shift anymore. Um, and so I was too detached in a way yeah. mm. that makes yeah totally I totally get that it makes so much sense um I wondered if um because we are going to talk about the menopause if anyone hadn't gathered um for this for this podcast so I wondered if you could share you know briefly your experience of your perimenopause um like maybe anything that you kind of picked up on and you were like oh maybe I'm moving and transitioning anything like that we would just love to hear mm. sure I was I had children quite late um I was 38 uh when I had my first child and I was 40 when I had the second so I I kind of knocked two out very quickly <laughs> gosh yes <laughs> <laughs> um and that was that was such a shock <laughs> to become mm. a mother um nothing can really prepare you for that revolution and of course at the same kind of time I was experiencing hormonal shifts at the beginning of perimenopause and so you know if you if you take that the, the perimenopause and the postnatal period are quite similar in some regards because you're energetically quite permeable as you've opened up with birth you've opened up and you you've kind of um expanded to allow this new human in into the world um and so there's this there's this permeability within within you where everything affects you and perimenopause this this shift is also a very sensitive time where we're permeable well because we're opening up to change into something else into someone different we're, we're in transition so everything becomes much more 
sensitized, I think I would say. So so I had a kind of like a, a double whammy, like an ice cream sandwich of, of postnatal and menopause. It's a hot day. I'm kind of mel- a bit melty, mm. <laughs> a bit kind of falling out of my wafers there. That's an interesting mm. metaphor, isn't it? Ice cream. <laughs> the ice cream um <laughs> <laughs> the ice cream sandwich of postnatal and menopause. Anyway, the ice goes. cream years, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on from that. Um, so I kind of woke up, you know, five years later, mid-40s, with my second child at primary school going, what the hell is going on? Because I'd moved from being a sort of uh, a, a woman in her 30s through to being this, this somebody entirely different who I didn't even recognise. And I was going, I didn't know where I was going. Um, pretty angry, you know because I was doing all the domestic stuff. And we, we know the story around that. And it was really challenging. And how to manage my sort of renegotiate my individuality at a sensitive time, in transition, so on a journey going somewhere else, and contain all the domestic stuff and be a partner and have a, a business. It was tricky. Really tricky. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I can totally imagine. Um, so there was, so you didn't feel like, you didn't feel, you could kind of navigate the sort of the difference between being in perimenopause and being postnatal. There was a slight difference or literally you didn't feel any difference at all? Well, I, this this was my experience was it was a sandwich, it was an ice cream sandwich and it was Just melty. It was yeah. very melty and there wasn't, for me, in that situation, there wasn't any differentiation. Mm, mm. Because, you know, with kids, you're, you're sort of up all night and running around and wiping things. And, <laughs> yeah, of course. Don't know what's yeah. going on. Of course, <laughs> of course. And um, so this is the thing. So I'm, you know, I'm 32 Mm -hmm. and I was drawn to you because of the way you talk about menopause. Mm -hmm. Um, I first found you through Claire Baker when I did one of her online courses. Um, I watched you uh, speak. I have to say out of the whole course, I took loads away, but out of the whole course and all the additional speakers, I really resonated with you the most, although I'm not obviously quite there with my you know being in the perimenopausal years Mm. and I'm thinking I'm wondering I've been reflecting on it ever since because I engage with your Instagram account and I read the thing because it's rare for me to read posts that fully and be present for a post so I've been reading your post and you've had you really inspired me to want to kind of learn as much as possible about myself as a woman and then about kind of embracing my my autumn. I really every time I, mm. I enter autumn, I always think about you. Is that weird, Kate? But I always think about how I'm um, embracing that time um, because you talk about it so much. Mm. Um, and I'm I don't know if I'm alone in that, but I don't, maybe I am. But I just feel it's really important for me to learn as much as I can about who I am before I move into those years. Mm. And I'm just wondering that in general, I mean, I don't know whether you feel the same, but people just kind of bury their heads a little bit. Oh, we don't want to talk about the menopause. Um, mm. You mentioned that. Do you feel the same? It's not talked about. It's not embraced. That kind of thing. Mm. It's a, it's a really chewy subject, and I I I am today here 
hereby formally declaring I'm going to ditch using the word menopause because okay. it's so charged and perimenopause. I'm not okay. going to, I'm not even, I'm not even going to touch those anymore because okay. it's so charged. It, there's so mm. much. Charge. Am I? Could it be? So we're, we're just going to ditch, ditch all that. And instead, we're going to talk about seasons. Mm. So hopefully your um, listeners will know a little bit about um, the menstrual seasons. And perhaps we could put a put an image image there for them or something. Or I can I can give you a link to, so that they can download some information about that. I'm sure you have the same thing. Perfect. So exactly as you say, really astutely, it's the autumn. So the autumn in menstrual seasons is the premenstruum. And this is very commonly not the favorite season. It's more challenging. And the reason this is, is because in the spring and summer, when we become increasingly yang, it's more sort of extrovert. We become more concerned with the external of our lives, with the way we look, with the way we interact, with the way we connect with people. And then in at the beginning of towards the end of summer, at the beginning of autumn, that changes and we change to a more yin place. So we're coming, we're, we change from being outwards to coming inwards, to be more inward focusing, to be more true to ourselves. So we stop kind of <laughs> dancing around, waving and 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 impressing people. And we need mm. to impress ourselves. And that is where the sort of no bullshit um, critical discernment comes in. Mm. It's exceedingly unpopular because we want to in and we say no. So this, this, so this is so, and that sort of becomes increasingly yin and inward and quieter into the uh, menstrual winter, which is the which is your period. So we know about all this, but what is not properly understood is that the same seasonal format is true for menopause so if you take your say where you are kind of in your summer so you can you can you know you have children right and you have a job and probably two jobs and more stuff than a podcast and a partner and you probably have a social life and you're like oh you know you're kind of out there here we are you know on on instagram and you know all this stuff that you do and you you know there's something very, um, um, you're manifesting in the world. You know, things are showing up. Things are coming up for you. It's really a ripe and productive uh, time in a worldly sense. You know, it's visible. And then at some point, you'll be tootling along thinking, hey, I've really got this, you know. And then autumn starts to come in. And what will happen is that, you will start to feel the call to uh, slow down, maybe, to not do stuff that doesn't suit you anymore. I mean, it's just so inconvenient. And to become discerning about what you do and what you don't. So if we, and this is what it was formerly known as perimenopause, (laughs) but it's not anymore because I'm not going to call it that. So it's just a gift. So it and it, it like like the um, premenstrual phase. It's it's a balancer. It stops us from 
losing the plot. Because if we were out there performing and being sort of fantastic and worldly all the time, then we burn out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is why when we expect to still be, you know, Wonder Woman, when we're edging more into our mid to late 40s, that's when it all goes, gets very painful because mm. it's not the season for being out there. It's, and that's, <laughs> this is where burnout happens because mm. people don't embrace that season within their months. So I imagine when they get towards the season in their life, they are shocked by it, taken aback by it, not able to kind of Mm. uh, embrace it because they never have embraced it through their monthly cycles. And I imagine that's where the discussion kind of lies, isn't it? It, Absolutely, yes. And all the... You have, you know, it was kind of circling back to where we started. You have all the information. You know, you already know how to do perimenopause because you have a premenstruum. And all the skills that you have there, which you've, uh, which you've gathered to soothe yourself, to manage, will become really, really crucial, like multiplied in importance mm. Uh, mm. in your life autumn. So, mm. life autumn that's the word life autumn yes in your life autumn <laughs> yeah <laughs> I am um, I honestly because that's that's when you were talking about it on Claire's course mm. I was like oh my gosh it was honestly mind-blowing okay mm. to somebody who was at the time in their late 20s and I was just like oh that's 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 what I could do mm. to prepare for it like there is something you can kind of embrace mm. and it, it, there is and then you're preparing yourself for that that phase and, and it's not going to be such a shock anymore yeah. because I already know yeah. and have the skills and have the things in place to, to support me with it mm. and also I think it comes down to for me anyway um discussing it with my husband as well my autumn is something that I discuss with my husband a lot we have a big discussion around my autumn and pre being aware of my cycle at all Autumn was always a time when I would go wild about a cupboard that needed sorting and it would definitely be his fault and it would definitely be everyone else's fault and I just did not cope well at all Mm. and then I'd just be tired and drained and I have burnt out quite badly actually in Mm. life a couple of times in Mm. my 20s. Um, uh, So then I, and it's after the second burnout that I was like, no, the nuts are enough. Why? Why? There has to be a reason why my body is just not coping and my mind's not coping with this constant mm. yang energy, you know, push the push, the push, the push. And I think in general, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like people start to look inwards once they've got to that point of I'm burning out, I've burnt out, I can't cope anymore. Mm. And then they suddenly go, what is it I could do to kind of help myself? And I think autumn in your monthly cycle is so important it's Mm. the key to your whole month being either very challenging or you cope with it because life is always going to throw stuff at us Mm. it's never not going to be a challenge um and it's always going to come at times when you probably don't expect it Mm. so if you're if you're already you know tired and haven't been looking after yourself then it's just going to be too much you're not going to be able to cope with that sudden whatever it is that life has thrown at you so Mm. It's such a game changer and it's so good to hear you talk about it mm. because I just think it's what people need to hear really. Yeah. And it you yeah. know, it's 
the reality is that life does not allow this for, for us to drop everything in your mm. autumn or, or in your menstrual winter. And mm. the same is, of course, true of the, the season formerly <laughs> the season formerly known as menopause. Um, so we have to carve it out for ourselves. No one is going to say, oh, no, you're looking a bit peaky. Perhaps you should take a week off. <laughs> Go and stare out of the window. <laughs> Or nobody's, nobody's going to come home, you know, nobody's going to meet, you're not going to meet up with people and say, oh, have you been very unproductive today? Well done. Well done. Have you stared out of the window a lot? Marvellous. Imagine if that was actually a thing, oh, that's though. Okay. That's my world, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's so true. It's so, so, Did you so roll true. around? Did you roll around slightly on the rug, on the carpet? <laughs> And then fall asleep. Yeah. Ace. Have a treat. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's wild. Our world is wild. But that's the thing. I think people pick up on that energy, even if they want to Mm. slow down. Um, Unless they've probably fully explored it, they don't. And then they just keep, they're just carried with the waves of just the constant. And I get that. It's so easily, easily done. Mm. I think, I just, I don't know, I... I do. It's so hard, though, Kate, isn't it? Because when you're in a job that's full on, yeah, like some people are, um, is is trying to trying to find that time. I imagine is a real challenge, right? Yeah, absolutely. And luckily, menopause brings gifts with it, and one of them is discernment. You know, when your energy is low or restricted, as it as it very likely will be, it becomes really clear what is important and what is not. And because, again, autumn is a a time for editing, for clearing, for seeing clearly, for letting go of stuff, it becomes very clear what's worth your while and what's not. So, Mm. you know, lower your standards Mm. and then lower them again. And then lower them again. You know, Mm. if your house Mm. is is kind of cruddy and crusty, well, you know, maybe that's not that important or maybe it is and maybe you put your energy there Mm. or maybe you know what part of your job is really important you know where where the it becomes a very um what is the word a sort of very astute you you become very astute at assessing where to put your energy for the for the best benefit for yourself and and for your for your world and i I think that's the thing because you can't do it all Absolutely not. But you can decide what is most useful for you to do. Mm. That's really, I think that's really wise words there, Kate. For someone listening to this who's like, well, this sounds great, but... Uh... Yeah, but it's not, it's not <laughs> realistic. And, yeah. Uh, but but we, have, we have been taught to do it all, you know. Mm. And, the, you know, the, 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 the season form... <laughs> formerly known as menopause <laughs> the reason that we fear it is because of uh sexism and ageism because women are uh prized for their fertility and for looking young mm. now, while you know if you look at um magazines all the models for the vastly expensive designer clothes are all about 12 <laughs> but why, why? It, i mean i'm i'm 54 so they look like my daughter and I mean, they 
can't afford Gucci. What are you talking about? They're just little teenagers. That's silly. You know, that, that, that's what's prized. Mm. And so to not be that um, is just beyond the pale. You know, that, that we're, we're corralled into and um, rewarded for doing that, for being like that or aiming towards that and being very productive and holding it all together and prioritizing other people's needs mm. and menopause is a process that blows all this out of the water you know it's 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 the ultimate feminist process mm. i don't know about swearing on your podcast but you don't yeah, give a shit is... you don't give a shit really you really don't give a shit about any of that stuff afterwards and then you know to, to carry this seasonal model a bit further you know, coming into the winter of menopause, you really need to rest. You really do. But what happens after that is a second spring. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole new cycle. There's a whole new cycle which is has the same kind of qualities as your kind of your post-menarch years, the same kind of qualities of of playfulness and exploring and uh, making mistakes and trying stuff out and falling on your face and getting up again but without the um but with but with sort of 50 years of lived experience behind you oh my gosh yeah right so isn't that worth resting for and if, if we haven't rested enough through our lives through our um, menstruating lives then you won't have enough energy in your in this second cycle so we're talking a second spring of wobbliness and we're talking a second summer of extraordinary creativity potentially mm-hmm. if you think about um georgia o'keefe doing the best work of her life post-menopause think about um hillary clinton she was i think she was um she was the uh, big I can't remember what, she, what the position was, but she was in New York. She was a big politician at that time. She was kind of at the height of her power. And this mm. happens again and again and again, that the second spring and second summer bring this enormous flush of creativity that is, un, that is new and unfettered because we don't care what people think. It comes much, for, much more from, from the core, from the heart. I love this. I love this so much. I don't think I can express. It's just so interesting hearing you talk about it. And actually using people as an example is a great idea. Yeah. Because it gives you something to kind of relate to as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Because you do think about Hillary Clinton. You think, that. let's be honest, we do look at Hillary Clinton and think, well, she is a bit older, Mm. isn't she? Mm. But, but yeah, if it was a man... (laughs) in that position exactly. you don't question his age it's a, do you it's a different lens <laughs> all, all politicians are pensioners I mean exactly you know, right? <laughs> exactly uh, yeah uh, who else is there Patty Smith oh, I mean, don't even get me started about Patty Smith I mean she's always been extraordinary and there, there is more kind of license kind of with with people who work in creative industries because they're not so kind of restricted by social norms of course mm. Mm. But, even, but, it, but even so, like um, Barbara Hepworth, that's another her, her work just took off in her mm. second, second summer. And the reason, I th- the reason I think it's so useful to talk about people who have done amazing things, um, you know, later on, is because when you think about when, 
you know, in our culture, you, you know, we've already touched on it. But when you think about you going towards, you know, your life autumn, you think, oh, well, <sighs> didn't crack on, did I? No, I'm already there. Do you know what I mean? That's literally it, though, isn't it? Isn't that how it's portrayed? <laughs> well, it is. It is, yes, because the emphasis is on uh, fertility, mm. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And serving other people. Mm. And if you're not interested in serving other people, then what use are you? Mm. I mean, my one of my one of the things that makes me laugh is that um, you know people often talk about the invisibility of age and that kind of thing. But actually, if you look around, if you go into a cafe at I don't know eleven a.m. Once, once the sort of the school mums have cleared off, going at eleven the end, it's full of grey-haired people having just laughing their heads off, <laughs> just having the best time, and they yeah. they, don't, they don't care. They don't need to tell you about it because they're off. You know, they're hanging out with their friends. They're going off on adventures. They're um, painting new pictures and writing new novels, and and having a lot of sex, having a lot of fantastic <laughs> sex. Yes. Yes, there are. There, there, are lot, there are a lot of people who have, you know, really serious um, problems, uh, which which can really mess up your sex life. There's there's no doubt that the decline in estrogen has also you know is also responsible for a lot of problems and a lot of pain, a huge amount of pain. But that is not the whole story. There are also lots of people having fantastic sex. Mm. But they don't need to tell you about this because they're off having a good time. Oh, I'm very grey and invisible. Ha 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 Meanwhile, you can to do something really, really naughty and fun. Mm. I, it's just our eyes. You know, we have this lens of of grey and dull and old. Oh, how sad to be old. No, no, you're Kate. You're making it very exciting. I'm excited. <laughs> when's my transition <laughs> no I am um, I I actually it's so silly I was talking to a family member about this because of the where I'm moving into my into the work I'm moving into and um and I was talking about retirement right and I was saying well I mean let's be honest financially I'm probably never gonna retire I'm never gonna be able to fully retire especially when I haven't been paying into a pension for very long um and um they were saying and, and they they work in a really busy job full-on busy job that I imagine never gives them time to rest at all mm. um, and they've been doing that from the time they trained so mm. and they're they're heading their you know in their life autumn and I was saying yeah but when I carve out this wonderful new kind of path that I'm moving towards it will allow me to get to that point in life and not even worry about my retirement so much because I'll be just enjoying everything so much that I actually enjoy that creative side that I've carved Mm. out for myself and I won't necessarily feel the pull to need to suddenly just stop because this is what I don't understand is we talk about retirement right so we talk about the excitement of um, being able to get to that point where we completely stop after being in a world that's completely go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. So how does somebody who's been in a world that just hasn't stopped and is like totally like on it at all times, hasn't embraced any slow, suddenly get to their retirement years and go, <laughs> right, 
Okay then. <laughs> do I do we see what I'm saying? Yes, I, do. I, um, I think it was Shani Hugo Wurlitzer. I think I think this is the correct attribution. I think it was her husband who said it takes a very long time for a road train to stop. You know those great big lorry oh, things they have in Australia. Yeah, 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 yeah. It takes them about three miles. And when when we have been going at a hundred miles an hour, which we do. To slow down takes a long time before we can stop. And that is true. I mean, it's so astute that you say that because that is true of retirement, I think. But it's also Mm. true in terms of going from summer into autumn and winter, both in our menstrual season. You know, we want summer. We we just want summer to go on. We do. It's so human. We just don't want to stop because it's fun. And we like... We like the gratification of people seeing what we're doing, and you know, yeah. And it's the same is true in in the um, life autumn, the going from life summer into life autumn as well. I mean, I think I think it's also I think this thing about retirement I think doesn't happen in that way anymore. I think it's much more common for people to be. Uh, my older friends say, "Well, I'm busier now than I ever was." Right. You know, because they 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 do some consultants or they do they do charity work or they're working with different projects or they're working in the community or you know mm. all this creative stuff and the, I don't think we I don't think we do stop. Yeah, but when you talk to people, they'll be like, "Oh, I could never retire because I'd be too bored." Mm. That's what they say, don't they? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Literally, my, that's what my family member said to me the other day. Right. And that's not the first time someone said that to me. Yeah. So their um, their creative life is focused on their on their job. Yeah, obviously so. Mm. And you know, I suppose that's each to their own, but mm. it's just not something I've ever imagined the case. I just imagine my life to sort of flow with my work, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Um but yeah, it is interesting talking about, you know, retirement and kind of those years as well, because they kind of are related in some respects for mm. your vision of where your life kind of goes. Um, what else was I was going to say, I was going to say something. It's very profound. It probably wasn't, Kate. Um, oh, that was it. I was talking to somebody about um, seasons in general, right? Hmm. And they were saying, yeah, but when I get to um, my winter, I know I must stop and slow. Um, and I'm finding it really a real challenge to kind of um, like put everything I need to do within like my summer. Hmm. And I was saying, I do understand what you're saying because, of course, you want to use that summer energy. But if you're not kind of spreading yourself out throughout your cycle, when you get to your winter and autumn, it's not about stopping. It's mm-hmm. not about like completely pulling back mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, <laughs> being horizontal. It's about kind of organizing your time throughout your cycle that works for you. So you need to say no when you need to say no. And mm-hmm. it may be that you have days in your um, in your spring and summer where you know just like for me personally, like before ovulation, those few days I really need to just take it much slower and yeah. I and I will say no to things that mm-hmm. happen at those days and then I have days like after my ovulation when I know my progesterone is you know rising probably quite quickly mm-hmm. I think it's those days when I just find things that, that transition you know it's the transition days of moving from um you know into your summer but I'm just not quite there yet mm-hmm. I've not quite got out of my ovulation phase so those days I struggle so I was saying to them that if you kind of pour yourself into your spring and summer and you do everything then and then you suddenly pull back 
drastically in your autumn and your winter then mm. you're going to be really tired like because you're going to mm. because your spring will, will mirror that kind of you know when you've been mm. really really pushing yourself too quickly in the spring you know it will be mirrored in your autumn mm. yeah. um yeah. so that's what I was trying to explain to them that because I think people are talking about their seasons more mm. but I think it's trying to get an understanding of how it works across as a cycle there's a reason Absolutely. why it's called a cycle yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 I think I think there's a massive difference you know we, we get really when we first come across this work it's the light bulbs go on and it's extraordinary and we, we get to see the difference you know spring is spring is like this and summer is like that when we're super warm mm. and then autumn we start to slow down and winter we rest and that's essential to understand but that is a, an archetypal season you know that, that is that is an archetype it's not what you need it's not your season the the way to the really the only way to, to investigate your seasons is to write down how you feel every day just one word and in fact some what somebody I, I used to know she used to put a, a, a plus or a minus or a tick or a cross or something mm-hmm. like that you know yeah. even on that level you start to understand the um the texture and the weather it's like it's like internal weather the internal weather of your own life and it's such a soulful practice it's a mindful practice and it's such a soulful practice because it's uh, it's paying sort of very sweet attention to ourselves very gentle attention to ourselves and over the months you'll start to see patterns emerge and you'll start to see um what what sort of tasks are more useful to do when and then you know some big stressy old monster comes along like a house move or a big presentation or you know some big work crisis or something and it blows it all out the water and then we have to be with that and then we have to be with not knowing what the hell's going on and that that you know that's 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 i may say that's a proper spiritual practice you have there (laughs) being with the unknown and allowing it to manifest and trusting that it will unfold in its own way. And it's absolutely not about doing lots of stuff in the summer and then resting in the winter. That's a model, but it's not real life. And it's not, it's not our sort of, um, you know, we humans were so messy. <laughs> we're so messy and inconvenient and our desires and our longings and our drives are so bloody inconvenient, you know. It's never going to fit into a nice little la la seasonal picture. It's always going to be messy. And that, that, is, that is the sort of the, the juice in it because we're, we're in the mess, we're in the shit, and we're going, okay, so how, what do I need to take care of myself now? Where, where is the, where can I feel, where can I show myself kindness now with this thought, with this particular mess, you know? And, and that, and by sort of understanding our, our own personal seasonal swing, we, we can start to build in these, um, these tools, really, these tools of self-care, particularly in the autumn and winter. No, I really wanted to share that because I didn't want people listening who hadn't explored their seasons yet. I think that's kind of the model that, Mm. because I do think that, as you say, it has a 
it has a place because that's when you're learning about it. That's kind of it makes sense to you then. Mm. Um, it makes sense to sort of pigeonhole those seasons, I suppose, so that you can kind of understand what we're talking about as a whole. Um, but yeah, I think it's important just to make that point that it isn't about totally stopping. It's just about mm. embracing embracing life, the cycle, mm. and being and and use and learning the tools that you need to cope when something unexpected comes up yeah um, I, I, I think that it's i think it, it's helpful to think about it as a yin period as an inward looking time yeah so that you can still you you might still be going at 100 miles an hour or have to be going at 100 miles an hour with your various commitments in your life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you can do it with an inward focus instead yeah. of doing it for other people you know, it, it gets very, you know, it can be very, a very subtle shift that perhaps people wouldn't notice mm. from the outside. Mm. That is key there when you're saying about doing it for other people, you know, reflecting on why am I going at 100 mm. miles an hour right now? Yeah. What is that? What is the purpose of it? Mm. I think that's, that is a real subtle shift, but yeah. a very important one. Mm. Um, I love all that, Kate. I love all that. I'm looking at my questions and I feel like we've boomed those questions preparing for the face done that um and looking and excited well I'm excited now I don't think there's more any more excitement there can be unless you have anything else to excite us about getting there what else have we got to look forward to apart from the sex because I'm honest with you Kate I mean I'm lacking in it right now in my relationship because of small children so I'm excited now for that kind of sex but I did listen to um Oh, her name has gone out of my head. I've been trying to remember her name. But um, she's Australian and, and she talks about tantric sex all the time on her podcast. And it's so amazing. I love listening to oh, her. Oh, Juliet Allen. Yes, that's the one. Mm. She had an amazing guest talking about sex, you know, when you're in your in your life autumn and you're um, in your new spring and summer. And she was talking about it. And I was so excited. I went home to tell Ali all about it. Um, and he was like, when are we getting there? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, so, uh, life, life, winter, and life, spring sex is um, is also subject to discernment, and in the same way as you, it is very clear what doesn't suit you. The same is true with sex. Mm. So, I think it's it's challenging. It's, it's challenging when you've been in a relationship for a long time mm. and bumbling along with your sex life because uh, come winter and spring, uh, your vagina will speak more clearly about what she wants and what she doesn't. Mm. And that is often not very convenient within a, within a long-term relationship because it all needs re- renegotiating. Mm. Because, you know, there are, it's, you can't put up with disrespect with not being seen anymore. You really can't. Mm. Because, as my, one of my teachers, um, Jane uh, Hardwick-Collins says, the veils of estrogen have been lif- lifted. It's such a beautiful image. Is this, this idea that at, at um, Menarch with your first period, the, the, the estrogen kind of veils your face so you can't see clearly? <laughs> ah! yeah. so all, your, all your menstruating ears, you're, you see through a different lens. So. Yeah. 
yeah. then the veil comes up and you go, oh my God, I can't believe that's been going on all this time. No. <laughs> mm, so the, the veil of estrogen has been lifted. So, I love you know, that image. Because of its bridal imagery, you know, that kind of, yeah. but, it's, but it's a sort of uh, uh, marriage of, with yourself, a marriage with yourself, really. Oh my god! Back to that that young girl. Yes, a marriage with yourself, Kate. Oh my gosh, I love this chat. <laughs> Tell us more about what other magical plans you have, Kate. I'd love to hear so that people. Oh, I have so many magical plans. Well, I'm. I have a a book that's ready to go, and it's just looking for a publisher. <gasps> Come over here, publisher. Well, changing book. <laughs> <laughs> So that, that's the manuscript's complete and that's just waiting for a publisher. Um, I do regular free um, workshops once a month. The next one is called Self-Kindness for Perimenopause and that's on the 1st of October. Oh no, there's one before that. Oh, you might like this. Before that, there's um, Let Pleasure Be Your Medicine. And we I'm talking about the radical idea that um, we can... We, instead of taking pills and vitamins and getting ourselves fixed up, we should just take more pleasure in our lives to manage our hormones. Mm, that sounds amazing. <laughs> That's a free one. That's on the 20th. And then there's a um, uh, Perimenopause Unwrapped, which is an online program, and we're open for enrollment from the 1st to the 31st of October. Mm. There's an online one, did you say, that yeah, one? Yeah, it's all online, yeah. That one will be, it sounds magical. Kate, you're doing such amazing things in the world. Tell everybody uh, where they can find you, your Instagram handle, your website, that would be great. Mm. Well, it's essentially very easy. There's only one of me. <laughs> and it's, it's all called Kate Codrington. There's katecodrington.co.uk, and there's masses of free stuff on there. There's free workshops, but there's also stuff you can download and charts and yoga nidras and all sorts of meditations and stuff. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Kate underscore Codrington and you can find me on Facebook as well. I'm Kate Codrington there too. Amazing. Kate, it's been honestly such a pleasure to listen to you this morning. Well, this morning, we're now in the afternoon. Mm. Um, thank you so much for being with me. I really appreciate it. It's been huge fun. Thank you, Naomi. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening. As ever, if you have a topic that you would like me to discuss, my email is yasqueen, that's Y-A-S-S queen, at thisisnaomigale.co.uk or you can DM me over on at thisisnaomigale, over on Instagram, of course. I would love you to rate, review, uh, share, let me know what you thought of the episode. Um, It would mean the absolute world. Thank you so much.